<laughs> All right, here we are. We finally did it. T-Bird, great to see you. Hey, Adam. Hey, nice to meet you, Gideon. Great to yes, be here. Yes, nice to meet you, too. Now, where uh, I, I know we were just talking about it, but where where are you at right now? I know you're in you're in Georgia. I'm in Georgia. I'm in Jackson, Georgia. It's about an hour south of Atlanta. And I was talking to Gideon, who says he's fully aware of being down on the farm or in the country that the the Wi-Fi, the internet's not always cooperative. It's, hey, you got to take the good with the bad. You know how that goes, right, Gideon? So, yeah, yeah, I'm I got you. Awesome. Very cool. It's cool to be talking to you. I know um, we last did something like this whenever we got to talk for the uh, Top 100 Survivors that uh, video that I put together last year. So uh, we've talked, we've caught up a little bit in the meantime. So, uh, but this is our first time kind of sitting down and, and really talking Survivor in a bit. So I'm excited to uh, to get into it with you here. For those who who may not remember, although I feel like every every Survivor fan knows you at this point, uh, but T Bird participated in season three, Survivor Africa. She wore you were wearing what an Atlanta Braves hat the whole time. Is that what it was? Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, okay. and actually, Adam and Gideon, I had it out there with me, and I had it on. And after I think day, I think on day two. It could have been day one. Day one or day two, production came out and told me how to take it off because they had to get they had to get permission from the baseball commission, which I thought, oh, that's not going to happen. I can't imagine them. And they, they approved it. So then they came back the next day and gave it back to me. So it was great. Yeah, it's great. I didn't even think about that. I guess they didn't think about it either. So it was mm -hmm. great. I got to wear my, Braves, my Atlanta Braves hat. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Um, so yeah, rolling off of, uh, Africa, um, you know, nowadays survivor of course is, is focused as far as the themes of the seasons nowadays, it's kind of blank versus blank, you know, millennials, Gen X, David and Goliath. But, um, back then in the, I guess we can call it the old days at this point, uh, the theme was all about where are you going to go next? Uh, you know, what, what cool location on earth, um, are they, are they going to do the next season of Survivor? Um, so it seems like you may have pulled your season may have pulled the the short end of the, of the stick here as far as uh, locations a bit. I, I, it, it seems like some people it was between Africa and, Gab and Gabon maybe is is one of the worst um, not seasons. I mean Africa is a great season, but um, as far as the location, I mean I. I just imagine Africa being hot and you had to deal with the, the wildlife constantly and just the droughts, not a lot of water. I mean, what was, what was your area of Africa like that you were at? So Adam, let me just mention this first, because when you say the, the worst location, as far as, you know, necessities for water, the first thing I think of is water, 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 the water, we had to walk mm -hmm. to get our water, bring it back and haul it. It was terrible. But yeah. when I, applied when I found out when I you know went up to went to LA and audition and I knew the location mm -hmm. was going to be Africa I was over the top thrilled um I'm okay. with Delta I flew for 40 years what anyway yes so I've been to a, I've been to a lot of places out of the country because of my job I've never been to Africa so when they said it was going to be in Africa I'm like oh wow I've always wanted to go to Africa this is going to be so super super cool so with that being said as far as saying that I got to play this amazing phenomenal 
crazy wonderful game in Africa was fantastic. I mean, I can't, I can't say anything negative about that. And of course, I've only played once. So Africa's, that's all I knew. I didn't know playing on a beach or doing anything like that. So um, as far as that goes, the wildlife come, walking all around the uh, Boma and all that, the elephants is like, wow. I mean, it was really awesome. Um, walking to our, we had to walk to our water, our water source every day and bring it back on our backs and boil it. But again, when you don't know anything else, and what else are you doing all day? Uh, nothing. You're bored, stupid. You're sitting around waiting for the next thing to happen, or you're waiting for the 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 reward challenge or the immunity challenge. So, you know, it got us out of the boma to be able to walk and get water. And another thing that was challenging, it was kind of made it good to go get water. You, we could never get away from each other. So mm -hmm. as far as trying to strategize or talk, that for me was the most difficult because we were all locked in that area and everybody could see and watch what everybody was doing. So the water and not being able just to get away and strategize with people for me was the hardest. Mm. Yep, for sure. I um, I know I know some people look at uh, Africa as being somewhat of um, a slower season, um, compare, especially compared to some of the the ones around it. Uh, and Aust like Australia was obviously right before, and so much was going on every episode with that. Um, but I. You know, I somewhat agree with that, but I don't think it was because of the cast. I mean, when I look at some of the personalities you guys had on there with Ethan, yourself, and Lex and Big Tom, there were so many great cast members that kept, like, the energy levels high. Was the only reason people think of it as a slower season that I could think of is just because of Africa, like, it just being so hot and, like, being what? so slow. And oh, We good? I'm back. Um, yeah, I, I, if I ever equate Africa to being somewhat slow, I, for me, I always put the blame on just the, the location itself. Like you said, just you kind of all having to remain in the same general area and just the heat. I mean, what do, what do you think of, of, of that? So Adam, it, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So, so remember, I was a fan, I was a fan first during Borneo and Australia. And then I was, then I got to play. So it's all relative to me. So if I, mm -hmm. I by the way, I've never watched it back. I watched it each week as it was playing. Um, and you know, when you're watching with a group of people, I was watching with my family and close friends, you you probably miss a lot because you, you miss a lot anyway if you watch it with other people because people are talking and all that. So I've never gone back to re-watch it. So when you hmm. say it's a slow season, I can't really answer that as a as a fan mm -hmm. as somebody watching it because i've really never watched it back as a fan it'd be hard to watch it that way anyway as a player and so mm -hmm. as a player all i could think of was just how difficult and challenging it was for me from the start of the game um i was i was locked in with the other three players because the the younger sam brews you know took off in one direction and then the, the four of us were left, which was Carl, Frank, and Linda. And from there, it was a struggle every three days just to stay in the game. And it never mm -hmm. changed for me. So again, 
it's hard for me to, I can only look at it as a player and how difficult it was on that level as far as somebody mm -hmm. watching it like a fan. That makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know you, uh, you made it 36 days. So like, did it feel like 36 days? Did it feel longer? I mean, did the days seem to go by, uh, you know, yes. some people, you know, it, Day yeah. one, day two. So, okay, so Adam, get in. We have, uh, once we merged over, we went over to the Braun tribe. That's where the tribe merged over there. They had, a, they had something on the tree with counting the days and everything on there. Oh, dear Lord. Yes, it seemed really long. And again, most players that play the game will tell you how boring it is all day long, just waiting for something to happen. But because we were locked in our Boma and we couldn't go play in the water or walk in the woods or the jungle or whatever, it made the days even seem longer. Coupled with, for me, I was always on the bottom. I was always trying to figure how to climb, how to get one, stay three more days, stay three more days, or how to mix it up where I can get to the end and win. Because basically that's what my goal was. A lot of our goal is to, to be able to stay and not just play, not just make the jury, but to win. So mm -hmm. it was challenging. It was, you know, as hard as it is physically, and even though, you know, the, the water, the conditions were so rough, just, you know, the psychological part for me of the game was the absolute worst than anything. Definitely. Yeah. How did you, how, what was your strategy in, in uh, playing from the bottom and trying to stay alive the whole time? Cause I mean, you said you were on the bottom a lot and, and you were, how did you, what was your strategy in staying alive? Oh gosh, Gideon. Well, basically I had to build some alliance. You know, I really, I just had Frank who I completely trusted, mm -hmm. but even trusting Frank put the vote against Lex I never told Frank, who was my only alliance at that time, and basically the rest of the time, that I voted for him because I knew that if I told Frank, because Frank, Frank is such a, a man of his word, and if somebody asks him something, he's going to come out and say, you know, when Lex was doing the witch hunt, looking for who voted for him. I knew I didn't know I didn't know Lex was going to go off and get all ex, as upset as he did, <laughs> but I knew that at the time I couldn't I couldn't even tell Frank because I knew Frank might let let the cat out of the bag and then that I would have been done. So from that I was just slowly trying to know you know my competition as far as I saw it was Lex. If I could get Lex out, I could manipulate or maneuver with the other players something but i i could never i could never get lex out but i tried every three days to get him out and by the way out of the whole cast that i'm really close with i mean we all stay in most of us stay in touch i stay in touch and talk more with lex than anybody which is crazy <laughs> we're very very close and we're very good friends um and if we had started together you guys it'd have been gold i really believe we would have worked together mm -hmm. but we did start together and he had an alliance from day one with tom day two he had it with ethan and they were solid i could not break through through them at all 
Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like if you ask most survivors, like who was their greatest rival from their season and then like who have they stayed in touch with the most, it's never the same person. But it's interesting that with you, Lex kind of falls under both uh, both categories. And I feel like there's a couple people that would that would say Lex um, from from Africa and maybe even from All Stars, too. So it's it's it's, uh, it's interesting. I wish. um I wish Lex, because uh, I know you just just interviewed him recently. I definitely want to see him uh, him come back for uh, another season for sure. I want to see how he adapts if he can adapt to the new school survivors. I think he can. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah, I definitely think he can as well. The thing that's going to hurt Lex is Lex is real assertive. He's real passionate about everything he does. He's a leader. Mm. And you saw when he played that second time on All-Stars, I know he kind of wanted to play maybe not quite as up front as he did in Africa because that's what put the, you know, that's what put the target on Lex's back when I saw how he was, you know, telling everybody how to vote and all that. He still, he can't help it. He's an alpha male. He is going to play the game the way he lives his life, which is, he's very assertive. And and I admire that about him. And if you're with Mm -hmm. him in an alliance, again, you know you're in a good place because he's a man of his word. But if you're against him or you're competing against him, you got to get him out. He's strong. He's strong in every, in every way. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, what's interesting about you as a survivor is, uh, you know, most people when they come off the show, um, they're – post-survivor life, um, or, or at least what they're exposed to, to the survivor community usually goes down. Um, but it seems like yours uh, has, has never really gone down. If anything, it's 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 gone up, which is interesting um, since you started doing uh, Talking with T-Bird, which uh, for anyone who, who doesn't know, again, I'm assuming every Survivor fan has to know um, if not already watching Talking with T-Bird at this point, I know I, I tune in for uh, most of the episodes. They should uh, watch it. Yeah. T-Bird uh, goes back and, and talks Idiot. to <laughs> talks to a good mix of winners and fan favorites uh, and even sometimes forgotten Survivor players. Uh, how did I, I wanted to ask some questions about your your show, but I was curious, how did uh, Talking with T-Bird begin? Uh, um, how long have you been doing it for well, we're in season two, and season two's mm-hmm. been going on for quite some time now because of, <laughs> you know, we haven't had a Survivor season. So we started season one, and I guess it's been going on two and a half, two, at least, I think, two years. God, time goes by so quickly. But it, <laughs> we started it, and then Survivor started up, and then we stopped until Survivor ended. We started up, and then... Um, Survive after winners at war, that's all we've had. So we've kept, you know, the talking with T-Bird going, but I am enjoying it. I love it so much. And 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 Gideon and Adam is interesting because, and I know you guys know talking to the survivor players, if if you if the fans don't know learn anything about I guess the main thing I want to say, the main thing about fans sometimes think that what they see on their big screen. There is so much more to all these players, so much mm-hmm. more. And if you, when it's so interesting to delve into their lives and into their backgrounds and, and see that there's so much to them. And you can see, I mean, I learn so much about each one each, each time we do one. 
just looking back at their at their life before Survivor, after Survivor, and they're such interesting people with such diverse backgrounds, and, and I can see why they were cast. But if you don't see that or talk to them, you just think of that one the character they are during those thirty six days. So it's really 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 fun. Yeah. For sure. And um, I know you just talked to, uh, I think Todd was the most recent one, right? Yep. Yep. And Todd, what a story Todd has. I mean, and even I remember before we even did the podcast, just talking to him a little before, you know, before he agreed to do it. You know, there's so much more to him than just winner of China. And so it was mm -hmm. nice during the podcast to be able to share everything he's doing now with his funky pops, the dolls, the toys that he's making, and then everything that happened to him after winning. Because he won at 22. At the time, I think he was the youngest player to have won. And the struggles he went through after that and how far he's come now, it's it's really fascinating. It's really a, He's really mm -hmm. a, a very cool guy. Yeah. So you've interviewed a lot of great people, but I was curious. I know I, I asked you this question um, before outside of the show, but do you have uh, someone uh, that's like your dream interview? Like if you if you had to narrow it down to like one person, like uh, like if you had one interview left for talking with T-Bird, who, who would you want that that interview to be with of any of any living survivor that you haven't interviewed yet? <laughs> oh, Adam. I know you did give me this heads up, and then I thought, oh, I don't even need to talk about that. I'll just wait till he asks me. Well, I guess I, I guess I should have thought about it. Okay, I guess Adam, for me, as 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 crazy as this sounds, so I know that everybody that's played over five hundred plus has a story. Everybody mm -hmm. has a story. So I guess the answer would be, and you're going to be like, you know, do the eye roll. First off, I guess I would look. I look at the list of, of that the fans are asking or requesting through RHAP, mm. and so the first thing I want to do is I want to get. I always want to get somebody off the grid. I'd like to have somebody that people haven't heard from in a long time, that are kind of in the shadows now, and they want to be in the shadows. That's the person I want to bring out just for the fans. But again, there's. I don't know if if that would I guess I'm saying that because I know as far as as me doing a, a really good job and giving the listeners what they want to hear that I'd look at my list and say, you know, who has the most check marks? That's who I'd like to do. But personally, that might not be who I would say personally. Uh, mm -hmm. but since you know, how's that for not answering the question? <laughs> No, no worries at all. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, and, and the reason why is because, like, like I was saying before, it's interesting that you've kind of, um, as far as within the Survivor community, you've sort of had, like, uh, this boost that a lot of survivors, um, especially old school players, don't really uh, get later on and, and after they've been off for so long. Through talking with T-Bird, I think a lot of people are going back, and especially people that are re-watching Survivor Africa, when they see you, it's like, oh, there's T-Bird from, from talking with T-Bird. So it's, it's an interesting thing that you're kind of going through with this whole uh, podcasting uh, experience that that most survivors don't have 
um, you know, the opportunity to, to go back and do, but um, I'm a fan. And do you have any upcoming guests that you're excited about or, or maybe you're, I know you're talking to someone yes! uh, tomorrow. Yes. Can we, can we, can we hear who, or is it a, is it a secret for now? Adam. Yeah. It, it's, I'll tell you this, you know, when I first, we first started season one, Rob gave me a list of 12 players. Hey Gideon, what are you drinking there? Sweet tea in a bottle and a can. Okay. No, no, no. I, 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 Rob gave me a list of 12 people, players that he had not had on RHAP, or I'm not sure, maybe he had had once before, but it had been a long time, or not had at all, that he really would like to see. And of course, Adam, Adam and Gideon, for me, I love a challenge, whatever a challenge, I love it, whatever it is. So I thought, well, I want to get these people. I want to get these people that he's not had, that the listeners want to hear from. So, mm -hmm. you know, tomorrow, that we're talking to somebody that was on that original list of 12. Yes! So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Awesome. I don't know where it's gonna go. I, it's gonna, Adam and Gideon, it's gonna be all over the place. I got a feeling, but it's gonna be good. I'm excited. <laughs> Awesome. And uh, uh, part of the reason I wanted to bring up your, your talking with T word podcast is like I said, it's kind of given this, uh, I don't want to say second win, but it's given a boost to all these, you know, there's a lot of new fans too of survivor that um, especially with survivor coming on, uh, you know, bringing two seasons on Netflix and all the attention winners at war bring there's so many new fans um, that are, that, you know, once the seasons end, they want to go back and listen to these podcasts um, so it's just it's this this new boost to your your presence in the survivor community is is very interesting and and part of the reason I bring it up is um, going back to uh, you know what was it like five or six years ago we almost saw uh, the return of T Bird on Survivor with uh, the Cambodia vote and, and we should have <laughs> definitely should have um, as much as I as much as I like. Um, you know, PG and Kimmy, when it, when it comes to the, the old school survivor players, um, I definitely, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't personally place a vote during the time, but if, if I would have gone back and voted, I definitely would have picked you and, and Wiggles as the two sort of older school, um, you know, and, and Savage too, as some of the older school, uh, players to come back. So I was disappointed that we didn't get to see you, but I feel like with talking with T-Bird now, I feel like if they would do that Cambodia vote now, I feel like you would be for sure uh, a lock, a lock to come back. I think, I think everyone um, about hearing your perspectives with all these survivor players, um, everyone wants to see you, uh, see you come back and play. And I, and I hate to bring back, I hate to bring you back to Cambodia, the, the vote for it. If it's, if it's a, a bad memory, you don't want to, to, re, to relive. If so, I understand, but I was just curious, like coming into that second chance, um, like, did you ever expect survivor would ask you to come back or, or even when they were doing the voting, like, did you, did you think there was a, a good chance you would, you would come back or, or what was that experience like with, uh, with second chance? Well, Adam, I had wanted to play again 
And after Africa, I actually got, I was in the mix for the uh, first All-Stars with Big Tom mm -hmm. and Ethan and Lex. And I knew it was a long shot. And they even told me it would be if they end up putting winners back on because Tina and I are, have the same character, um, except she won. So I already knew that, you know, I thought, well, that's great to at least be in the running for that. But after all the years passed, um, you know, just, you know, I hate to say just to be nominated is such an honor, you know, that, mm -hmm. but actually it actually was, um, what happened though. I mean, I knew that a few of us weren't going, we all knew it. And, and when I put myself out there again for them to say, sorry, T-Bird, it's not going to happen. Absolutely. You have to. You have to put yourself out there for anything and everything if you want a chance at it. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. So to be in that mix with those other 20 awesome females was like incredible. Mm -hmm. And did I want to go? Oh, yes. I wanted to go so badly. Was I bummed out? Oh, yeah. I was. It took <laughs> me a while. You wouldn't have known it. And Gideon, you wouldn't have known it. I, nobody would have known it, but inside, I mean, for like three or four months, I just had to figure out what can I do just to get, you know, stay busy. Just, it just, it wasn't supposed to be, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be, but, um, I'll tell you what I, what happened was I probably, you know, because Africa was, had been so far back and it was, it, it aired at a really challenging time for our country right after nine 11. So Africa, which understandably Africa was pushed back, which of course it should have been. So I think that wasn't a huge help for me, but I listened right before they, they picked us up at the hotel to take us to the studio for the live broadcasting of the second chances vote. Um, I listened to our RHAP podcast. That was a big mistake. So I listened <laughs> to Rob and I wish I knew, I don't know if it was Josh Wiggler, I need to find out because I, I can't, I, I need to look that up and see. But anyway, I listened to a podcast a couple hours before they picked me up. So up until that point, I thought, hey, this is a long shot. This is a long shot. But when I listened to their podcast, they had ranked the men and the women that they thought were coming back, the top 10. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to this, of course. <laughs> so I listened to it. And so they had, I think, Cass, number one, coming back. Of course, Cass, you know, of course, we all knew Cass was one. They had me like in number two, right? Either either right behind Cass or right behind or in third place. I want to say it was second. It was either second or third. And I thought, well, hey, I just have to make top 10. Even if, mm -hmm. if I make anywhere in the top 10, I'm going. So when I listened to them and they ranked me like number two or three to go, I'm thinking I felt really good because I thought, well, RHAP's, you know, probably a pretty good indication of the pool of people that were voting. So that probably, if I hadn't listened to that, I probably would have gone in thinking, hey, you know, looking at my competition thinking, mm-mm, mm-mm. But I listened to Rob and them, so I don't know. <laughs> I won't do that again. I won't listen. I won't listen to any predictions if it gets out. If it gets to happen again, but you know, I'll tell you, um, Adam and Gideon, they I have actually been called a few times the last few years, 
And the question that they ask a couple of times is, would you do second chances again? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So anyway. Good, good, good. I was, I was worried that that, you know, deterred you away from wanting to do Survivor again. And I feel like me and a lot of other people would love to see you on the show once more. So Gideon, you know how sometimes people will do things and they'll do it once or they'll apply mm -hmm. for something once or they'll, and it doesn't work out or they might get a little embarrassed. I mean, let's say yeah. when you're in front of the whole well, world, it's, it, it was a little bit, I mean, it had been probably a little bit better if I'd have been somebody to call me and said, Hey, guess what? T-Bird, not going to happen for you this time. Yeah. But it was out in front of the world. So, to, you know, so that I think makes it a little bit harder, but for me, again, I'm always up for a challenge and, it only, when I get turned down or, or for whatever it is, and I guess I've always been this way. I don't know if this is a character flaw, quite possibly could be. It only encourages me <laughs> to want even more to want to go after it. So anyway. Wouldn't say that's a flaw. <laughs> well, it can be. I don't, so Gideon, I don't give up on, on much of anything at all. And sometimes, I mean, there's got to be a time to say, okay, you know, but you know what? Also, you guys, so if second chances hadn't happened and mm -hmm. then I don't guess everything with talking with T-Bird would have happened. I mean, so I know everything happens for a reason and I have loved doing these podcast and chats. I mean, Gideon, Adam, just like you guys, I'm sure y'all are loving talking to these different people, especially your Survivor fans, and you're obviously fantastic podcasters. So you're it's a win-win for you. So it's been a win-win for me to be able to, you know, to be a part of talking to people that have been a part of this amazing game, part of my, you know, family, if you will. We're in this big, huge, wonderful Survivor family. And, and, and by the way, sometimes these podcasts bring out a lot of, when there's been some people that have talked about their struggles. Well, you know, for example, like we talked about with Todd, but even with Lindsay Richter, Lindsay was on season three Africa with me and Brandon was on season three with me a lot. There's quite a few people that their experience on reality TV, it's not always great. And they go through repercussions and I, to be able to bring that out, I think has been therapeutic for some of these players, for people here. Gosh, you know, social media is so cruel mm -hmm. and, and fans can be, you know, can be, can be very hard on people or people watching because I don't know that people sometimes think these are real people. So it's been really nice to talk to people and let them share what their struggles were. And I think for the fans here on it too, it's kind of an eye opener to say, hey, God, these, these people are people and they go through the struggles like we all do. Mm -hmm. Amen. No, absolutely. I, I agree with that completely. It's cool. I, I feel like, too, uh, 
you know, historically when, when survivors do their, their exit interviews um, or they do like podcasts later on, I feel like a lot of time they're kind of asked uh, like the same old questions, you know, what, what are funny moments we didn't get to see or who's your biggest rival? You know, like the, the questions that survivors probably get asked year after year, interview after interview. So it's cool when I see interviews uh, like the ones you're doing where we really get to, uh, you know, meet meet the people, like meet meet the, you know, say, oh, I didn't know Abby Marie is actually like the nicest survivor that I've ever met, or she's you know obviously considered one of the one of the great villains, um, you know, or you know, hearing like stories that we just didn't get to see or, or perceptions that you know were you know obviously affected by the ed. I mean, at the end of the day, the survivor editors have to have to make a show with characters and arcs, so I I, I get it from both perspectives, but. Uh, you know, I enjoy enjoy what you're doing, um, and it's cool to be, you know, talking to a Survivor podcaster on a, on our own Survivor podcast. It feels like we're we're rookies playing a basketball game with LeBron James right now. So it's cool to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool to be. Uh, <laughs> it's cool to be. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's cool to be talking to you though. But um, I wanted to I wanted to leave you with one last question. I I just thought of this now because I was remembering when we when I had interviewed you the first time when I was putting together the the top 100 survivors and I was asking you about what it was like playing with uh, Big Tom and Lex and Ethan. And the last question I had asked you was uh, if you were making your own top 100 survivors list, who would you put at the at the number one spot. And I, I don't know if you remember, but you, you said, I need a second. I think you thought about it for about four or five minutes. And I don't, do you remember who you, who you said, who your answer was? I think I do remember. Do you remember who I said? I remember. Yeah. I think I said Tom Westman. I think I said Tom yeah. Westman. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You said, you said Tom Westman. Yeah. The winner of, uh, of, of, did you not think, did you think I had changed my mind or that I wouldn't remember or what? Well, no, I was bringing it up because when you when you said Tom Westman, you gave a very detailed and a great explanation why. But you also had said, Adam, if you ask me a week later, I'll probably give you someone completely different. So now it's not just a week later. It's, you know, eight or nine months later. Is, is Tom still your number one or has he been uh, has he been replaced by someone else? I don't think he's been replaced. I mean, I think of, you know, such a strong, strong player from the beginning that everybody knows, not just strong physically. He's got a strong social game. To let somebody walk to the end like that is pretty much says a lot, a lot about his game, a whole lot about his game. Um, there are other players, gosh, I mean, I, uh, really like Mike Holloway, which I'm sure I would have mentioned him. Um, he's one mm -hmm. of those that did not get to play winners at war, which it was shocking to me. He's one of the ones I really, really miss not seeing out there. Um, but yeah, I still think, you know, even like with Mike's game, Mike had to keep fighting and, and, and winning and winning. Well, it seems like Tom Westman was the same. He kept winning and winning, but people still never thought, hey, we might need to move him out of here. You know, I, um, with the NYPD uh, fire department, I mean, he had going into it every reason for you to want to get him out, but they never, they never did. So 
I think that just says, again, behind the scenes, as far as his social game, they had to really, really think a lot of him, you know, for that to happen. So, you know, even if for somebody, again, like Todd, you know, it's so interesting to see that Todd from 15 years old was a huge fan of the show, had always wanted to play, you know, had formed a high school club, a survivor club at a high school. And as senior, a, a superlative, I think they voted him most likely to be on Survivor. Mm-hmm. What? Even, even you saw he had to play the game. So for somebody like a Tom Westman that started out with everything he started out with and looked like he just breezed all the way through after, what is, was the Palau season 11, you guys? Is that uh, or is 10? What was Palau? It was 10. Okay. All right. So there have been nine previous seasons. You, you know the drill. Even for me in Africa, I knew enough to know you got a strong dominant male, uh, Lex. You got to get him out. You have to. And even Lex was was controversial because he was pushing some buttons of other people and kind of making mm-hmm. other people think we got to get him out. But he but he kept winning. Tom Westman kept winning. And I never saw much of any kind of people wanting to get him out. So, okay. All right, Adam, I know you asked me a question, and here I go. Blah, 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 blah. Tom Westman is still my number one answer. Mm. Awesome. Well, very cool. No, I, I, I respect Tom's game, and, and um, no one else, I think, had him as number one, but I think a lot of people uh, considered him and said they would they would put him at the top, especially a lot of the old schooler, um, you know, pre-heroes and villains players um, that I interviewed. A lot of them considered uh, uh, Tom Westman, so it was it was definitely cool to hear at least one person um being yourself uh pick him as the top but um it's cool we'll see we'll see if he gets uh replaced someday i know mike i think a couple people also put mike um uh up there i think uh you know two two interesting games you know mike mike coming back with all those immunity wins at the end uh and survivor worlds apart tying tying uh colby and terry Dietz's record um, and then Tom just kind of being dominant at the top the whole time. Two two different games and similar at the same time. Um, so it's 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 cool that those are your uh, kind of the two that pop in your head first. Um, but uh, no, it was interesting to to revisit that, and I think we can uh, cap it off there. So again, I just want to say it was cool uh, playing basketball with the uh, with uh, LeBron James today. <laughs> um, thanks. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Adam, this is so fun that you mentioned LeBron. So that's so cute. Thank you. That is the sweetest thing ever. So listen to this. My husband and I went to to Italy, to Rome. Now remember, I'm a flight attendant, so we get to kind of jump around. So it's not a big deal. It's it's just part of the perks. So with that being said, we were over in Rome at the Vatican, and we saw LeBron James. He was there with his wife back. It's been maybe... So it was like looking in the mirror. So, (laughs) yeah, 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 right, right. So then we went to the Vatican and then we went to the Colosseum and he was there again, like the next day. And it was so funny because my husband said, I wish LeBron James would stop following us around. (laughs) Okay, I thought it was cute. That was cute. Of course, you know. So, anyway. Thank you for saying that. That was that's cute. I had to tell my LeBron James story. 
<laughs> no, that's that's very cool. I uh, I've never met him. I, I I haven't had the pleasure of uh, of getting to see him um, until today on this podcast with you. So uh, <laughs> it's very cool, very cool talking with you. Um, I'm sure I don't have to mention it because I'm pretty sure every survivor who's you know who's deep in the community watching these podcasts already watches talking with T-Bird. But if you don't, please check out talking with T-Bird on Rob has a podcast. Uh, we don't know who, but it looks like we have a very special guest uh, coming up soon. So I'm sure it's going to be great. And check out the, I still haven't watched the Todd podcast myself. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. Uh, listen to it tomorrow. So I'm excited to, to hear what you um, talked about uh, with him. But T-Bird, thank you so much for joining us. Hope to see you back on the show one day. Uh, hope for some more great interviews on talking with T-Bird. Um, I'm sure we will. So thank you so much. Really, really appreciate you coming on today. Yes. Thank you so much, Gideon. Thank you so much to meet you, Gideon, this time around. You guys, thanks for what you're doing, too. Thank you. Of course.